predicted that 1984 would be the year of Van Halen. Brings you 1984, the album. Yeah, we're running a little bit hot tonight. And it's big, brother. You missed us. We're back. Actually, we're not all back. We're only some of us are back. No. Augie, it's good to see you. You're you here, too, man. El Pagano's in the house. Of course, it's me, Jay Boogie, the thick white Duke, <laughs> and uh, that disembodied voice. Oh, MC Sacred G is he's he's on the other side I'm, of the I'm world right out now. Stuff near the equator, man. Uh, I'm 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 equator. Are you undisclosed equator location, style. or can we say you're you're in uh, Madripoor? Is that where you went? <laughs> international man of mystery that's right i'm i'm in i'm in a place you guys don't need to know where i'm at but it's it's it's, it's shorter to go through the middle of the earth to get here than it is by plane <laughs> and if they catch you with half a doobie you're a dead man you're a dead man yeah don't spit on the street don't smoke in public don't chew gum and uh, otherwise just have fun just just enjoy your time here and so far, it's been pretty rad staying in this hotel. I, I got about uh, eight more days of quarantine before. <laughs> You're about almost halfway then, huh? The room. You're almost I'm halfway. About almost halfway. Gosh dang, man. And would you say that this this album, is this album halfway through there? Are we wow, halfway through the look at you. Look at you. <laughs> wow. What a segue. Um, yeah, we'll just say that you're in a place that we don't want you to get caned. So... Let's, uh, but last we left our okay, heroes. Okay, real... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Was, uh, coming off of their very actually successful Diver Down album slash tour. Um, yeah. Especially compared to what had happened with Fair Warning when they really didn't sell that great for the first time in their careers. And, uh. They had to try right. it Dave's way. I think he had him over a barrel because of that. And they did it Dave's way, and it worked. But I don't think everyone felt great about it. You know what? I feel like you there know, was... It, that... Go ahead, Augie. I was, I was, our research team was looking at a lot of stuff <laughs> this week. But um, a lot of things I came across, I felt like they also got a lot of pressure from the uh, record company. Like it's Always, right? It was, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... But their last big one was the first I, album. I mean, the, all the albums, like the numbers are fucking crazy yeah. over the years. But back then, the only I think only the first one was the one that kind of got a lot of heat as far as numbers go, I yeah. guess. And um, yeah, yeah, the Fair Warning took a hit. It just didn't sell like the other ones. Yeah, and I think to their detriment, they got the record company addicted to them being able to churn out really good stuff really quickly. Like right. they didn't they didn't make it a problem to work with them. 
Um, but what, what ended up biting them in the ass is that Diver Down wasn't so satisfying for the artists or all of, you know, most of the people in the band weren't so stoked on the album, but it did really well, which is just reinforcing that addiction. So now we get, we get to have uh, this place, this, or this place, this album, it's not recorded in the Warner Brothers or in the in the LA studio that they're normally doing it. They're switching it up a little bit, and right. now we get to have uh, we, we they get a little creative control on this one. But you know what? Genie's out of the bottle. Fucking people people are talking. There's some there's some there's some scheming and some planning and some finger pointing that we'll I'm sure we're gonna get into. How can we not with this thing? <laughs> it's about to go south. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, do we want to we want to hit that? Uh, you want to talk about the US Festival? You want to hit that that uh, drop? That's kind of like that's the end of uh, that's the end of the tour, the the big tour after Diver Down, and sort of I think they were like, what what's the mo- what's the money, Augie? What they get paid, or is it going to say in this next? We're burying the lead, huh? Yeah, I think our uh, I think old Casey's going to give Casey's us the lowdown. Got, uh, on... All right, we'll uh, we'll let Casey answer that by the band who appear in a new category in the 1984 Guinness Book of World Records. A category created because of this band. The category of highest paid group for a single performance. Now, in the past, some of the biggest groups in rock history have been paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for one show. Most recently, bands like Led Zeppelin, The Who, and The Rolling Stones. But until last summer... The editors of the Guinness Book didn't feel it was interesting enough to create a new category. Last July, however, a certain Los Angeles band performed at the four-day US Festival in Southern California. They were the headline act on Heavy Metal Day, (laughs) and their fee was phenomenal. For a single performance, this group was paid $1.5 million. For a two-hour set, that comes to over $12,000 a minute. That $1.5 million for a single show has put this band in the 1984 Guinness Book of World Records as the highest-paid group for a single performance in history. And now, they have the first number one record of their career. The most popular song in the land is by Van Halen. Jump. Did you mention how much they got paid? Hunt. One and a half? One and a half million. What's yeah. big ones? What's that in 2000s money? Oh, geez. Yeah, what, like maybe 20 mil? Something Which I think, shit. I mean, yeah, Justin, I don't know if that still stands. I bet you like Bieber's made more for like showing up somewhere. But I guess the Clash was pissed that they got paid that much on that tour. <laughs> there's a there's a dude online, I, I couldn't, I can't remember his name, but he go, he does a whole thing about that because it was, what, four days? Yeah. And um, yeah, there was there was like a, According to him, I don't know, you know how much of it is true, but um, no, yeah, it was four days and Van Halen played on Heavy Metal Day. They had like it was New Wave Day, Heavy Metal Day, all right, uh, and then a Rock Day, and then they added a Country Day. Um, but dude, it was uh, Wozniak was part of putting that together. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, a much younger was much more alive Wozniak. But check out this lineup, like on Heavy Metal Day, uh, Quiet Riot, Motley Crue. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne, Priest, Triumph, Scorps. Oh my God! Like all these bands are in their kind of in their prime right here. <laughs> they were just kind of, yeah. Van Halen's kind of the yeah. young punks on that on that grouping, and they're getting paid the big bucks. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're, they're... I mean, yeah, seasoned young punks. Is it? What are they? Maybe one of them's in their thirties at this point. Um, <laughs> but but you know, but they've been yeah, which is nuts too. Right. But they've been uh, obviously they're they're noticed. They're huge. Everybody knows about them and kind of freight trainish. You know, everywhere they go, they just keep ratcheting it up, getting think, bigger yeah. and bigger. It's the momentum coming off of this. You know, I'm sure this did not hurt this being. You know, they are known now for the highest paid act for one performance. I mean, that's some hype. That's some real hype that like you just can't even, you can't buy. You have to get paid 1.5 million to get that kind of hype. You know, I was, I was right. thinking about yeah. this too, when all this was going down. Cause I like to get like in my head, just figure out like what else was going on. Cause it, in, in my mind, this, this album's when they, I feel like it was a situation of uh, what do you call it? Um, overnight success that they've been for like for you know years. busting their ass for you know as this long is as the they breakthrough were. and they i feel like they became a household name mostly because also i mean uh because mtv was so fucking huge it was yeah. like they were a household name i feel like as soon as they were that was on in your living room because yeah. this has all the videos yeah this is where i yeah. met them yeah this is right. this is where i came into the story yeah th- this album cover is the first album cover I ever drew, and I drew it with a blue ballpoint pen. And I remember being That's like, awesome. hey, I can kind of draw a little bit. And it was drawing the 1984 cover that I got from my <laughs> older sister's room. Um, you know, she was a huge influence about like, hey, Van Halen's good. Keep listening to them. And uh, she was right. But yeah, this has got, you know, what you're saying is that momentum and, the, and whatnot, um, and the MPV gives to their success. And I think we can't turn our backs also on the keyboards because keyboards all of a sudden jump up onto this right. album and it kind of said the videos on the keyboard down. they're already cheeky you know they're they're like ready they're right it's this huge great that is just ready in this confluence of a couple couple things to really push them over the edge and hell yeah they just go eddie's got his racquetball court his indoor racquetball court has been built according mm-hmm. to the los angeles <laughs> permitting department is it Exactly. That doesn't surprise me that he likes racquetball. Or yeah. <laughs> and uh, so down in the 5150 racquetball court, the, he got to go yeah. nuts a little bit. And they, and this is the first one, or Templeman and Landy are still with him, right? They're still with him. Yeah. Still yeah. with him, but it's he's got home home field advantage right now. And to tag up on that, it, this album took like a year, right? Like this was the longest yeah. they took on an album because he was, as long as they'd taken up to this point was like three, like four weeks, weeks yeah. five weeks maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, a whole calendar year. They could, it's like they could have made twelve albums in the time. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, it shows the the production's great with with adding you know the synthesizer, which is a point of contention at, at a point. Uh, between some of the members about mm-hmm. hey a rock god shouldn't be playing keys and stuff which is which is also silly because obviously guitar and piano have a lot of have a lot of similar crossovers there right. um so it's natural plus it fucking sounds good he wasn't using any presets or anything he would just go in there and just mess like raw mess with the keyboard until he got it to make a sound that he enjoyed so it's right. like you can't hit maybe nowadays you can hit the eddie van halen you know, oh, guaranteed. For jump. Right, somebody's made it. Yeah, but I mean, this is it. it this is again. This is, this is a maestro. He's sitting in in, in with with all these tools in, in in this laboratory, just coming up, just coming up with sounds and and making music with it, which is what burned him 
with dancing in the streets off a diver down, but also primed the pump for jump on 1984. And I, I do want to give a shout out to to the to the band or to the album 1984 because not once do they talk about George Orwell. Right. This isn't. This, there's <laughs> no, no overtone and undertone <laughs> about you know the society. No, and, you don't get it, bro. You didn't. That. You're not listening to the lyrics of Panama correctly, man. <laughs> when he reaches down between his legs, bro, that's oppression, man. God, wake up, wake up, man. But no, I got I got well, some. I'm, I'm, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> now, you were talking about how much time he was putting into the keyboards. I got some uh, cool clips to talk about that. Cause he had to fight for it to get all that stuff on there for this album, even, even, yeah, even with it's, it his home studio. Like a... Yeah. We we got a clip on that? It's kind of uh, nice. go, uh, weaves in and out of the conversation a lot. Okay. But, um, cool. but I think... It's, it's, oh. Sorry. I think that's a fine segue into the opening track on this album exactly. which will lead All into right. the world breaking single on this album and I think maybe we just let them roll you know here they are again they're kind of messing with some Cree sounds you know yeah they're ambience this is the Orwellian vibe that you This is it, man. This is Big Brother's <laughs> looking right at you. I, yeah, I, I might have missed something here. <laughs> it's like Pink Floydy, but it's just a little more modern, more 80s. More, I mean, there was other bands doing keyboards in 1984. Shit. Yeah. But uh, they weren't used to oh, hearing yeah, it. for sure. Nothing like, yeah, you know, still nothing like this. This is still different than any like the new wave stuff going on. Wait, the and sound I think that's is different. He's just making his own sound. Exactly, it's bespoke. Right. To be fair, everyone was making up their own tones back. I don't think they had presets back in the day. Actually, before we get into this song, um, into into jump, I I found some clips where he talks about. Um, I'm I'm kind of just fascinated by his his uh, creative process because sometimes you don't get too many interviews where he he'll start to talk about it. But um, so in this one, you get a little insight into that. I think the um, he doesn't go that deep about that very often. No, true. Yeah. And um, these people are asking the right questions. So I think this first clip is uh, Lisa Robinson interviewing him. And um, let me see, was there anything? Um, yeah, I think it's actually Ed and Alex on this one. So after the Diver Down tour, Eddie built the 5150 studio, and with the freedom to write and record whatever they pleased, Van Halen started working on their biggest record to date, 1984, which featured a new sound for the band, keyboards, and a number one single with Jump. Where did you first come up with the riff, the, the keyboard riff? I bought myself a Prophet synthesizer, and before the studio was built, it was on the the living room floor of that house, the old house. Mm -hmm. And uh, I must have played that riff over and over so many times. I actually blew up three of those Prophet keyboards. Of course. You know, Jesus. After an evening of playing, it smoke would come out of the damn thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm, a, I'm kind of a night person. That's when you know everybody's quiet and I can make my noise and there's not a lot of distraction. But 
that's another reason I started building a studio is because Valerie's going, I'm trying to sleep. Shut up! <laughs> and to hear the same riff over and over and over, you know, it just was driving her up the wall, you know. So I, I wrote it on the living room floor in there, and then it was the first thing that Don and I put down here when the studio was, when it worked. Mm -hmm. And did it with a Lindrum machine just to show the guys, and then we dragged it. Was that a point when you decided, or the band decided, hey, we want to expand our horizons beside just, you know, guitar, bass, and drums? When you sit in this room and you crank the volume to 115 dB and Ed plays something, it either affects you or it doesn't. There's no talking that needs to be done. It was just there. I have film of when Ed first played Jump, and he played it for hours and hours on end. And it's just funny, the camera cruises around. No, it's just, it's in its embryonic stage. But it just, it had a magic <laughs> to it. It didn't take a genius to figure out, hey, this is going to be a great song. Dude. <laughs> right, it took a genius to uh, write it, though. Reverend Alex. Alex is awesome. Dude, he's starting to sound more and more as he ages a little bit, uh, more and more like Gene Simmons. His voice is much lower. <laughs> Another thing I noticed yeah. reading interviews and stuff, like he, he'll always drop like crazy knowledge. Like he'll just throw <laughs> out like some Jedi lines every now and then. Right. Um, but also, he said he had he was filming him when he was working on this riff. Like, where's that footage, man? Yeah, I want to see that. It's on right. the vault somewhere, eh? Um, and uh, I'm, Super 8 or a, some, some yeah. sort of VHS. Oh, um, proto, <laughs> like, Betamax camera. But I love yeah. I love just hearing him talk about how, like, the more interviews like these I hear, you get a better sense of how much he uh, practices, like, and how he, yeah. like, works. Like, this, you, this song in particular, like, I think he had it since Fair Warning, and he was working oh, on wow. it. Off and on, so like in this next, so <laughs> that actually, kind of blew my mind for a second that he, that, that could even be in his brain as he right? was laying down. Fair warning. No, totally That's nuts. And he's, um, and so I have another clip, but I need to set this one up a little bit because it's it's part of this interview. I think I played. There's an interview from Diver Down where um he's talking to. I think we played a bit of it last time. This guy um Jass um Obrecht. Oh yeah, from yeah. Guitar Player Magazine. Yep. So this is part of that interview, and this is during Diver Down, but it, it, it's a like over an hour long interview where he's just they're going over every song in Diver Down, and then he starts asking him about, um, you know, he's getting into synth synthesizers and stuff, and they get into that. So first he, he and it's cool because he's just playing stuff for him over the phone on his guitar. Right. And oh, I dropped the drop, <laughs> he's like dropping his pick. Or <laughs> yeah, he keeps dropping the he phone. Kept dropping, he's the dropping the phone. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, trying to play through yeah. a tape recorder of stuff that he's been like riffs and stuff. <laughs> so there's one part where the guy asks him like um, about how he comes up with the creative ideas and stuff, and he he starts to talk about how he'll just have to sit in in silence for like a couple hours, like two three hours, and oh, almost shit. meditate and just like think of almost Jesus, wow, right, and just get into that zone when you're not thinking about what you're doing. Whoa. And then he goes like this thing that I wrote the other night, and he starts playing a riff. Like through a tape recorder through this phone. This the audio is kind of shitty, but here we go. The drum machine. <laughs> and this is going to dive it down. Oh. Sunday afternoon in the park. Can you hear it all? Yeah, I hear right. it. Right. <laughs> huh? I can hear it well. Huh? I hear it too. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's the solo from oh, Jump. Oh, wow. Right? right? It's all there. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's the solo from Jump. Yeah. Right. But he d doubles on the key, the, he plays it on both. Yeah. And it's practically the whole thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, with a couple, he had a couple moments where he, he would go down, where he goes up on this. But yeah, that's it, man. That's the bones right there. When was this interview? Aug I was doing Diver Down, uh, eighty-two. Eighty-two, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? It does sound similar. <laughs> And you got it. And I'm imagining this goes, we can listen to this. I'll listen to the whole thing that goes on for like almost another minute or so. But you got to imagine, like, I, I wonder if he was showing it to the band in this raw form. And I can imagine, like. Right. We know it is the iconic exactly. thing that it is. But the first hearing. Yeah. But it's all there. It's Yeah. That's pretty. And that's you hear cool. that the, that prior interview where he's talking about how long he was like he went through three keyboards, man. <laughs> right, blowing them up. So I mean, he's just like again, like kind of like a madman. He's just overdriving these keyboards. They're probably getting so <laughs> hot, and he's just playing this and working it over and over again until it stops working. And he's got enough cash to be like, oh, well, I just need another one. We're not gonna fix this. I'm Valerie's this drying up like the Sahara. Oh, see, and he just has this in his head like for years. <laughs> but wow. I'm also fascinated by. I'll get into it after, but just that creative process, I guess. Of how do you know how long to hammer on something? You know what I mean? That sounds like he's playing yeah. eight, talking about love. Definitely the right rhythm. And it's funny, earlier in the interview when he's playing those other riffs, he goes, Oh sorry, am I am I boring you? I don't wanna I don't wanna bore you, man. It's like, no, no, dude, it's all good. Well you said some of these are from that era, uh fair warning, huh? Which <laughs> we're back into that. Because some of that well, I like <laughs> Letting them have enough space with that uh, with that a uh, keyboard there. 
Yeah. Yeah, no guitar. It's just, I mean, Mikey's playing yeah. his bass line. It's, they're keeping it tight. Yeah, it's still a four-piece right there. It's not really layered. And, yeah. it, and, and it's got, it's, it's kind of stripped down almost. Totally. There's no guitar yet. That bass line does give it a little more of a pulse, though, you know? A little push-pull. Yeah, Michael Anthony. That he's the pulse. Is this where the Jack Daniels bass comes into his life? <laughs> I know it's in the video for Panama, and yeah, I know I mean, that's. Is that when does it enter the Jack Daniels bass era? It's gotta be right. Could be. Yeah, feels like it. <laughs> that's when it made its debut on MTV, anyway. And that's the thing too, man. That just made him just explode even more. Out, you this know, video got ridiculous spins. Yeah. And then it would be in the MTV commercials they would play for MTV. Like, you don't watch MTV. And it was that, like, for years past, it, it, like, that was the MTV commercials. Like, David Lee Roth, like, shaking his hair or something. Yeah, I mean, one but, second clip. That's such a fun change. By this time, it's, I guess they're a household name once they're in everyone's living room. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah. This video is awesome. Like, I think it was shot in, like, 16 millimeter. Yeah. All the other, every video was so over the top back then. It just stood out that much more. Right. They would go all out and give it their uh, Guns N' Roses best on one of the videos from this album. There's mini me's involved. There's the guitar. But that's the riff he's playing behind the solo. He was playing in that. Part I said sounded You're right. like ain't talking about love. You're right. That's the, I, nope. Jeez. Wow. And I love in the video, you look at the keyboard, it's all dusty. <laughs> ash, <laughs> just cigarette ash and shit all over. I guess he doesn't play it in unison with a guitar. That's just a straight up synth solo. That's not an arpeggiator either because you heard him retard a little bit towards the end of that. Like, it was like, and he slowed it up. That's a yep. real person just did that shit. That was not sequenced. Yeah. No, that's real time. <laughs> that's him and his brother being able to just lock in. Yeah. Oh, it's the end of this song where we get a glimpse into the future of, of uh, maybe like eight years. Listen to the riff he plays on the outro. I love that overlay. And I mean, standing again, on like top of the world is born. Oh, totally right. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's how old that riff was. He he'll sit on a riff, man, for a good decade. Let it incubate. You know. Yeah, you're right. If you crank up that last dun, last dun, bit dun, of it, dun, you can dun, hear dun, it more. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna save this. Uh, for that guy from Montrose, I feel like we're going to work together someday. <laughs> you know, I like Sammy. He seems like a nice guy. God damn, Chris, you've been working on that in quarantine? That was excellent. <laughs> Thank you, dude. That was, wow. <laughs> damn. Yeah. I don't want to bring too much attention. I don't want to spook you. But that was, that was, that was great A, man. <laughs> oh, 
god damn well if that is that's kind of where van halen got me is that song right there i don't like you said it's so unavoidable same. we all got laid waste same so many i think for so many people our age that was that was the gateway that was the intro right there and then you, you they obviously technically they've been just they have chops for days they they're hardened they can play for hours and they're they're good they're done yeah they're a bar um, man but now yeah, what they what they refined over the last like three three years of their career up to this point was looking cool, um, <laughs> other than just playing cool. Like now they're looking cool. They got it's kind of like glam, but it's not like a it, you know it's glam, but it's not a feminine look. But but all the pieces are kind of feminine. You the, know? Yeah, they Low they're not stuff. doing the full poison makeup just yet, or who else? No, you know, or ra- uh, rats or. Uh, Shit, I was trying to think of wasp, you know, poison, poison. <laughs> well, you even kiss, yeah. you know, or uh, Gene Simmons trying to, trying to get all up in their affairs. One of them changed their name to Daddy Longlegs and shit. Like, oh jeez, God, <laughs> whatever about Kiss, man. It's kind of how I feel about Kiss for the most it's part. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, but you just uh, heard yeah. the thing uh, was like uh, last month maybe at the most and gene simmons says uh rock and roll's dead right and that young fans are killing it because they don't know how to do rock and roll right or you know they don't yeah when you say that that clown this was like last month he's like rock and roll is dead because it's like he's like a lazy buzzfeed writer just trying to write about things that millennials have killed you know it's like he thinks yeah he thinks he says something simple and slow it sounds like (laughs) prophetic but unfortunately we got to get you know or fortunately for gene that we have gene simmons because we have van halen and he's he's kind of broke him he's the one who was like these guys are gonna be good (laughs) oh you think gene okay genius um so so Uh, that that song though as far as composition real simple and it only has these like like uh like they're not trying to fill space there aren't crazy drum fills they're just letting each instrument be super clear dave's got plenty of room but he's not vamping on it he's not he's not giving us anything that we're going to see later on in the album but he's not giving it the effort like some of the songs on this album dude he's i mean do you think maybe these are some of his best vocal performances on on this album? He he's, he sounds so fucking good on this album. He gets so David Planty later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David Plant. No. Uh. Yeah. Well, I guess I just was that a portmanteau. I meant Robert Plant, but he becomes David mm-hmm. Plant, and because you, I mean, like really, he belts it pretty great. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, it's coming. Uh, what is the he, next? Dude, they, they, well, I was going to say, really... what's cool about this album is they sound great, and they're also, you know, spreading out a little bit, but they're getting into that pop. You know, instead of calling it like so much rock, they're getting into a little bit of pop area and embracing it. And and, and with that, they're kind of forging their own avenue into a slightly bent new genre. Um, they're getting seen by in inside households instead of just in giant concerts. Now they're getting seen in your living room, fucking constantly, and they know it. And they're staring right down the barrel of the camera at you, looking at you, looking at them, oh. and it's just tight. The whole thing is just tight. My mother would comment on the, the quote, David Lee Roth's quote, "Come hither, stare." 
That, that's my mom right there. She said, he's got a real come-hither <laughs> stare. And I was like, damn, mom, relax. But this song this song was huge for him. Like, it, it was the number one, like... That's how my mom found out about Van Halen. That's how everyone's moms found out about it. Yeah. And Casey Kasem's got to tell the world were... what's up. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> oh, this was just off of the... Van Halen uh, news desk it said uh, Jump was released as a single in December 21st of 83 began as it sent atop the Billboard Hot 100 chart beginning in February of 25th of 84 stayed there until the week of March 24th that's a long ride when it fell to Kenny Loggins Footloose oh (laughs) also number one in Canada and Italia what are you gonna do (laughs) worldwide (laughs) smash then that's that's awesome. Yeah, no, that was a that was a huge song for him. Yeah. So is this their first song that we've seen, except for maybe dancing? Um, it's their first that number they one single at, ahead yeah. of the album. No, they 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 would yeah by a couple of weeks. Um, that was kind of part for the course, a little teaser, you know. You get a little teaser trailer out there. Okay. Um. But yeah, that was the first. That was the first single. That was the first shot across the bow. Like they yeah. just they starting the record with it. We're gonna it's gonna be the first single. You're gonna like it, everybody. And deal with it. Yeah. Put it in the front. Front load the album, boys. The rest of it's well, gold you, anyway. Yeah, front load it. How do you front back or side load a thirty three minute album? Like you get a it's all killer, no filler, right? Yeah. Um Yeah. So there's a couple and that's this album. This album doesn't have any fat. And speaking of this album, as we are, um, there's a couple of tracks on here that are total uh, ACDC influenced. <laughs> yes, big time. Like um, I can't, I, I can't remember where I read this, um, but I remember reading someone telling because there were they, people kept giving them not people, but like you know the record companies wanting a number one hit, and why can't it be like ACDC? Right. And um, dude, don't make us send you to Mutt Lang. But I think it was Alex who like what's that ACDC song Girls Got Rhythm? Yeah, and it has that one. Dun, 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 dun. Like totally. Listen to Pan- when Panama kicks in. Uh, listen, listen to the drum beat. Yeah, I can totally hear that. What? Here we are. Oh yeah. Boom! Just next track, guitar right in your face. Right. This was another huge video. This, I was gonna it. say, this oh, this was yeah, this was the video where the bass, where he's flying on wires with yeah. his Jack Daniels bass. Yeah. Pinch harmonics for your face, son. Good heartfelt. Such a good song. <laughs> uh, it's not her- heretical to say this is like superior to Jump, though. It is like, way better. Than jump. Up oh, this quality. one crushes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Alex is doing some shit here too. Every. Oh. That is such an AC. Everybody never unhear that as an AC yeah. DC beat now. Yeah. I just want to go, oi, oi, oi. 
Thunder Jeep. <laughs> totally. Fuck, you fucked me, Augie. I'll never <laughs> hear this song right again. Here comes the... <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> so good. Dave is singing his ass off on this one. Can, so is Mikey. The screeches, you know, he, like basically Dave can pinch harmonica's vocals. <laughs> That's kind of what he's doing. <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent, Chris. God bless you. You're on fire over there. You know what? Quarantine is treating you well. You need. A few, I'm going to be your heart, Italian dude. mother until uh, you you need to eat a little bit more. But did you ever hear how they got this uh, car exhaust sound on this? What sound? The, uh, the oh, the, oh, that's Eddie's Lamborghini, right? Yeah. Dude, they mic'd it. Yeah, it straight <laughs> they up. Pulled up into the studio and mic'd it. <laughs> that's the best part is that he pulled it into the <laughs> studio. They didn't just get a long mic cable and go to the parking lot. <sighs> no, it's got to be inside so we don't hear any of the planes or anything. <laughs> and this is prime Dave, Dave rap. This is the apex of the Dave rap. Yeah. Just mic my fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> just, just get a fucking stand. <laughs> this is a great moment in Michael Anthony history, right? Coming up right here. <laughs> Historically speaking, this is named after. Uh, uh, Dancer, right? I don't know. Were they? Oh, really? I don't know what country they were in, or if they were was in LA or something. But it's a dancer named Panama that inspired them. Is, am I wrong on that? I didn't hear that. One. I can't. I can't refute it. Um, you, you, you guys never heard that? I never heard that one. No. Did you hear that shit? That's some pre-internet Panama's shit. Panama's named after a, a, a female dancer, man. I'm not shocked. You know, I mean, like, why would he write a song about the literal, literal uh, geographical place? Panama. Like I know he liked to go yeah, fuck around they, in the jungle never... and shit. Maybe I thought that was a connection. Okay, what if you guys yeah, yeah. if you guys had to pick one tour of from the David Lee Roth years to go to, what tour would you go to? Because oh, this one shit, has got it. This one, because <laughs> you're gonna get everything they ever did with Dave, right? You're gonna yeah. get a good mix. It would be it's, that or the fair warning. Well, you, has you to be this fair warning or the first one. The first tour you're seeing him. Oh hell yeah! Are you seeing Chris? I said, I said, if if you had to go back in time to see Van Halen at Prime Van Halen, which is debatable, when you know if if if, if ends or buts, um, but you're gonna want to hear Panama. So so <laughs> how could you go right. prior to '84? Right. It's it's a tough one. You want to hear Hot for Teacher too, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's that's you know I'm just Drop dead legs. here, but that's I would probably go see this tour. You're yeah, right. You, it, you get you get a lot of the catalog. You get a and lot it's of the, the last time they... Now, as far as like, you know, raw bones, I would, you know, seeing them early, see maybe, maybe, you know, fair warning tour. I think, I think it'd be here or fair warning. I probably would skip the diver down uh, that, that tour. And if you go to like the first show, then you're just Matt Penfield talking about how you saw him in a small club. <laughs> That's right. Actually, um, the broom closet. I love that in that Panama video too. Like you, you see them on tour. Feel, I mean, it's all over the place in all the best ways. Like, but um, all the concert fo or j the stage footage, like that stage looks fucking huge, man. Yeah. Like they, their stage, they got bigger and bigger every tour. 
Like they were at the height of their powers on this tour. And and speaking of it, uh, MTV, really quick, we forgot. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? The last weekend. Yes. Yeah, dude. Preach. And there's a. If you look this up online, do you know what I'm talking about, Chris? The, well, I, I did a little research so about uh, the lost two guys who won the contest to go hang out with them right. well, here's, for a weekend. So here's is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, if you look online, they talk. That guy gets interviewed now. Like I forget how recent the interview was, but uh, it's him talking about back then. And and you said he went with his friend originally. It was him. He had to be of legal age. They like it was a random drawing, and it was him. And they said, you can pick anybody to go with you. And he was dating this girl at the time. He was like, well, of course I'm going to take my bro. Yeah. Dude, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring your girlfriend. Uh, go meet Dave Lee Roth. That's... Yeah, you can't. Yeah. But, um, but the, it's, the interview's cool. Like, he talks about that whole weekend, and there's a lot of footage from him. Yeah. You got to look it up on they're YouTube. Throwing a, like, pot, throwing a big cake in his face. Yeah, they bring him on stage. Douching him down with a champagne. It looks insane. But if, if the tour was anything like that, when you see any of that footage like that, like it must have been amazing. Well, let, let me uh, let me jump in because uh, it, it, I, I, I talked about maybe this is about a dancer. You know, you go on the internet, most of the stories about David saw um, a car in Las Vegas called the Panama Express, like a race car. So they wrote it about how cool a race car is and stuff like that. So whatever, that's what you got to say. Um, <laughs> but Kurt Jeffrey. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Jeffries was one of those 20-year-old guys. They say, you know, uh, got to be of age. But I think back then you could drink when you're 18 or something. So Kurt Jeffries won by sending in 10 postcards, and they picked one of the postcards. He really stacked the deck on that back in those good old days. <laughs> and they got to spend a weekend in Detroit with fucking Van Halen. And they said uh, basically the, 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 short, the short of it is there were uh, X-rated happenings, Jack Daniels, <laughs> Beer, champagne, lobster, filet mignon, cocaine, a food fight, and a groupie named Tammy. <laughs> That's that checks That's, out. That checks out. Right. All the wow. boxes are checked. It checks out, right? I mean, gosh, who who can behave that badly anymore? Who gets to do that anymore? <clears throat> That's not a thing anymore. It's done. I, don't I mean, know about it's got to be a thing, but you you it can't be a thing anymore. You just you can't that shit is that's a long gone era man they, you can't be messing with it you know they're i'm just saying there's girls that might not be 18 running around backstage and oh, yeah, just forget about dude. it it's good that you can't really do it anymore right. uh, honestly you know it's a, it, that's a good thing but um also god damn it there wasn't some fun too you know it's not like everybody was was trying to be horrible like you can go to some crazy parties and not do all the crazy things sure. and still have a fucking blast sure um, if you're a pussy <laughs> which is what the next song is about and <laughs> now you you must be right so before we get into the neck into some top jimmy True or not true, Top Jimmy is a real dude. I think Top Jimmy's a real dude. I think Top Jimmy um, is the stepfather of uh, Jamie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hot take. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> That's what our crack research team was looking up. Uh, I've, I've had some time over here and uh, and been in communication with our with our crew. They they were working around the clock for this album because obviously it's just a pivotal album. This is the last time 
until later on that Dave is going to sing with these guys. This is, there's a lot of friction going on here. And so they were working their butts off to try to get some of this, some of these hot takes. Shout out to our crack research team. And what the crack research team pulled up survey says top Jimmy is a real dude. Yeah. Top Jimmy and the rhythm pigs. Yeah. That he was a, he was a lead singer of that band. And, um, his name was, uh, I, I, there was like two spellings that I came across. It's either Konek, James Konek or Konek. But he he worked at Top Top Taco, <laughs> hence the name Top Jimmy. Yeah, but I think he was a bartender or something that Dave Dave Cope knew. Check. I mean, he's, he's like a, a Polish kid, and just like Michael Anthony, but rock um, and roll dreams. No, totally. So he was in that band. Like he just had you know gigs, tons of you know busting they were his there. ass. They were the band. But he was the yeah, and then David Lee knew him through that. And didn't he work at a music store too or something? Him and him and Dave, were, they knew each other. Jimmy had a few jobs. They they would hang out, and they, they, there was rumors they were gonna do like a country and western album together. You just the kind of shit you dream up after half a bag of coke <laughs> up all night. They were gonna have all kinds of yeah. They used to kick it. I mean shit. He just wrote a whole song, and he he just wrote a whole song about another dude. This is David Lee Roth, who who he's like. Uh, Muhammad Ali or Kanye West, like he is the great, I'm the greatest of all. Th- he wrote a song about another dude. How do you think he feels about Top Jimmy? That's yeah. respect. Interesting take, right? Man. Good you know? call. That's a juicy take. He na- sh- shouts shouts out the band Top Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs. It's a, it's like one of the. I think it's quite literal. I think this whole song is literal. I think the roof caved in and they like did not t- stop the show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should roll this song. Let's do it. Let's listen to Top Jimmy, man. Love cool harmonics. Dude, it's so badass. <laughs> More overdubs for sure on this. Album. Yeah. Oh, haven't this this one took months to make. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I was looking up. You brought a whale in the studio to record that. It's <laughs> always the fills. Just cooking. Shit! It's all fills. Just like a dentist. You see a hole, you gotta fill it. <laughs> <laughs> But I was trying to figure out how to play the song and looking it up, and it's a crazy. It's not even a, like a drop D, or it's a crazy tune. It's a made like up tune. Because a, a lot of those harmonics, like these, are straight harmonics that he's doing. That yeah. like you can't get that on a regular tuned guitar. Because yeah, it's like making a chord, like a minor chord out of them. Yeah. You have to tune it funky. Exactly. Top Jimmy tuning. <laughs> right. Drop, it's in Drop Jimmy. <laughs> it's in Drop Jimmy. It's in Drop Taco. <laughs> Dude, you know David was a fan because he's calling out like he they love it when he rolls his eyes. Like he's looking at people, oh, looking at Jimmy and being like, I want people to look at me like that. You know? Yes, as and, and David's got a history of kind of idolizing another band, another lead singer, and taking some of those uh, moves. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jim Dandy, this is 
This groove could have yeah. been on fair warning. Oh, I was just thinking that, dude. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah. The guitar solo bridge. Right. I think he just wanted to pen his own Chuck Berry song. Yes. <laughs> or uh, Johnny Be Good, I should say. Right, yeah. Story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just like some old school boogie right there. Totally. Like the way the old folks used to do it. Yeah, that's always... Well, we'll get into the set list in a bit, I suppose, but I I think that would be a fun one to see him play live. Yeah. Like that, that get get things started. That get the party started right there. Yeah, I mean, they're just grooving on that song. It's just uh, that, that... Real airy and delicate, and then boom, four on the floor. Airy and delicate, four on the floor, and then you know, sum it up with a little, you know, <laughs> oh Jimmy, fun shout out Cheeky. to the, the people who are idolizing it. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a cooker, man. I love that song. No fluff in 1984. Augie, what you got? What's the next one on this? Uh... I don't know. This is the strangest thing. I want to give a shout out to my brother Pete, who's actually being the injury tonight, killing it. Thank you so much. But uh, I am untethered. I don't have a playlist in front of me. I don't know what drop, to do. Drop dead. I drop have no dead, dead legs. So this one, I, I feel oh. like I heard this too. That this is like their. I don't know whose take, but like it's more back in black almost. If you really listen to <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, 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 totally. Right, even the guitar yeah. kind of that beat has yeah. that flavor to it. <clears throat> wow, they've left their ZZ Top phase and have entered their ACDC phase. This is ACDC for sure, but it's such a tasty, tasty <laughs> way. Even the intro. when it kicks into this watch after this part. Oh, drink, cowbell, oh, oh, shit. drink. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Just strut. That's a vamp right there. That's a strut song, Chris. That is a strut song for you sure. I'm, I'm chair strutting right now. You can't even see it. <laughs> yeah, this song has so much to it. Yes. Putting that real swing on it. I would love to know how that year broke down. What I imagine a lot of it was dialing in the studio. Yeah. Right? Getting that all set up. But. I don't, these songs are so well crafted man you know what I'm saying right give them a give the guys who can usually knock it out in four to six weeks a whole year this is what you get yeah yeah and you got Eddie who obviously can't leave anything alone and now (laughs) he's got his own studio and so you know he's in there when nobody's around noodling he's a night guy and then you get you know then you get fucking Landry to come in for a little bit while Eddie's doing some shit they got some late nights going and then you know Ted walks in and they're like what do you think about this one? And they fucking, you know, oh yeah, that's gonna be a hit. That's gonna be a hit. That's gonna be a hit. You're all gonna be hit. Were they were they getting 
was that the reaction from uh, Warner Brothers when they received their copy of this? Were, were they were they hype on it? The uh, I have no idea, but <laughs> it seems like this was <laughs> this was well received, you know, critically. Um, but before before it went out to the public, who knows, man? I, yeah, I, don't, right. I don't know. They know what they were sitting on. It had to feel good about it, shit. I don't know. Who knows when you put something out into the world that you spend a lot of time on and you think is the best thing you ever did in your whole life and you still have 560 copies still in your garage and, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> you never know yeah. how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Great background vocals there. Mikey's in there. Find a, find a bad fill on this record. Jesus Christ. This outro, man. This is Doobie Brothers to the max <laughs> yeah. right here. Those double time ride right there. Is you don't beautiful. love me, but I'm your brother. Funny you brought that up. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's right. That. That's coming up, though. That. I must have had him on the brain. No spoilers. Get a doobie on the brain? Yeah. Oh, that's that you. <laughs> but crafting an album for a whole year, that's what gets you a fucking... Didn't they get like a diamond? But yeah, that's when he's sold more than 10 million records. Diamond status. See, this could have... Mm, that gives me fair warning vibes, too. This whole outro. How nasty it is. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that ride... Yeah, the ride is carrying it, man. I mean, every it's all it's all so good, but I just love that that little taste of bing, 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 just hammering that thing. And can we say that uh, Alex's drums sound pretty great on this record? Totally. This is yeah. he's they've gotten like steadily better with each album. They really honed in him and Don or Ted, probably Don, honed in on yeah. how they do it. And then they completely not settle for that and do something completely different on 5150. And how you feel about that is how you feel about electric drums. But no, it let's just say time. this Wait, is a high water mark. Time, <laughs> Great song once again. Shit. Yeah, they busted that out on that last tour too. Yeah. Which was fun. That I, I, I could have shed a tear. Did I didn't, it live? but I could have. Yeah, man. Um, I remember uh, Wolfie was a big part of making them go in the back catalog for yeah, that tour. Yeah, the kid wanted to play the old shit. Yeah. Bugged it, bugged the old man into the grumpy old man until they did it. <laughs> Thank you, Wolf, for your service. Which, I, Thank what, you for your service, Wolf. <laughs> Fuck man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank really? You, yeah, right. He's paying. Wolf's paying attention, man. He, he, he's not. He it doesn't come off as the hard rock, this hard rock kid who. Uh, who is just sitting on his laurels, man. He, he's paying attention. He knows where the good stuff is. And, yeah. uh, it, it, like a full appreciator. And that must be so weird because it's his dad and Van Halen so close to him. It's to, just, to, yeah. It's just like Eddie and Alex on the boat, man. They got put to work. I heard a story. with Right. Uh, right. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, he was talking about when he was a, maybe like two or three years old, him and uh, him and the family. Uh, him, his dad, and his mom went on a road trip, and uh, it was one of his earlier introdu- 
introductions into uh, ACDC. Like he's only like three, I think he said. And he said so they they're on road trip. They pull into wherever uh, Valerie goes to. I don't know, it was a gas station stop or something. They're by themselves. Yeah. It's like, hey, Wolf, <sighs> come here, man. And he plays them ACDC big balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a fucking dad thing to do when your mom goes in the Go store. And you're like, check this out. <laughs> of course. It was awesome hearing him tell that story. The song's about balls. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they said they kept laughing about the yeah the whole the and Bon Scott makes those crazy vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bon Scott is ridiculous. I love that guy. So good. Oh shit, that was. Ooh, what's the next song coming up here? No, okay. Right, that's the last one on that side, right? Yeah, we we gotta gotta get up and flip the cassette if you want to hear the next one. But I was gonna say really quick. In my my mind, if someone said you have to pick one song that encapsulates the band, just just to me, Mm -hmm. like this song has everything. This, the next one. Okay. It has the fucking slamming drums in the beginning. Pete's nodding his head behind the glass over there. And Ed Ed breaks in. It's and (laughs) then it's just him and Ed just fucking balls to the wall opening but it has all the dynamics of a van halen song it has the david lee rap yeah um i don't know man it has you, it all. you're you're right man don't yeah. I, this and it's got so many yeah so many changes and movements right. goddamn it's all in there waldo classic line out of it i mean and the and a video to boot videos that you couldn't make today either i know right <laughs> beat just made me crazy the first time I heard it. The first time I heard those, the way those, he was playing those kick drums, you're just like, yeah. what are you doing? Dude, I heard they recorded a, I heard they recorded a motorcycle. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, a Harley getting fired up. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a full-on engine. I mean, it's kick drums, but... They're playing like, they're playing like their 19-year-old selves on this record. <laughs> This one's for this one's for the heads. But again, yeah, he now think about his, like almost like slips in his late twenties, early thirties guys to write this song about their their teacher. Right. <laughs> it's weird. It's a little well, bit you, weird. You know the teacher's name, don't you? <laughs> the little girl from the <laughs> lawn yeah, herself. Man. She's trying to get back on track. She's got the oh, job. Shit, Augie, is that part of it? She got a job in the education system, trying to go clean. Got fucks like David Lee Roth going after her. Turning on some of the students a little bit. Pick drags. You're right, Augie. If you had to put all of their coolness into a blender, you're going to come out with Hot for Teacher. Right. Got the background vocals. It's going to have to be a shuffle. Yeah. The range. 100%. (laughs) 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 That was the most heartfelt. That was James Brown level. Like, it's how heartfelt that was. Yeah. Tom's on this, man. 
Yeah. Yeah, Dave's, Dave, they're all on point, man. They're all on point. Little dreamer, how'd you know the golden rule? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't use the uh, half and half. <laughs> it's chunky. <laughs> Got to the bottom there with some cottage cheese. Fire that intern. <laughs> no shit. Who's not keeping track of the pull dates on the half and half in the studio? Oh my god. Again, backing up his brother with some sick ride work. Alex's Dude, ride man. work is incredible these last two songs. That's one headed shit. Sounds good. That is good. That's right. <laughs> I mean, they, he had a general distaste for clicks, too. Yep. So. He does think in clicks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Extended, oh, extended solo. Yes. It's got it all, man. man. I think the clock is slow. I once told a teacher, not these exact words. I felt so <laughs> shitty. <laughs> so, that's not cool. <laughs> no, I think it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, show of hands, who has not said they didn't feel tardy to the teacher? Oh. Young and <laughs> And this is a fucking stadium. Oh, a little hint to how it's going to end. One. Oh, my God, yeah. The I big, love that. The big train wreck at the end. What? <laughs> You're right, Augie. This is the culmination of everything Van Halen has done up to this point. Right here. Fuck it. it. Called it, man. It's a summation. That's a face Ooh. ripper, man. <sighs> I feel like I gotta smoke a cigarette after that song. Well, good it's, luck. It's just... Good luck, dude. They're gonna put you in the Hunger Games. You're gonna try to have a cigarette, and the next thing you know, you got a tracker on your neck. So this is. How many videos are on this one? Three? Is it just oh the three? God. I think so. Panama Jump. Uh, hot for Teacher. Hot for Teacher. Was there a video for I'll Wait? I it was remember. a single, but I don't think there was a video that I can think of. In Dude. My old brain. It, it's so disappointing that I'll, this is. I'll wait. Okay. What about wait, it? <laughs> no, you wait. You I'll just, fucking wait. I'll, just gonna... I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> like this. Think about it. Like. If they would have kept going from this point on, how much ass they would have kicked. Like, this is just an insight into how, what their videos were going to be like if they were right. to stay together. Because prior to this, they didn't, MTV wasn't really around and they didn't have the budget. And they, they would they, refuse to play the Pretty Woman video. <laughs> Joke's on them. But uh, what were you going to say about, oh, uh, wait, Chris? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if we're going to segue, you know, to, the, to that one, just on a personal level, I'll wait. <laughs> That came to me at the right time. I remember, I remember listening to this album over and over because I did, you know, when it's time to go buy a cassette, fucking, I had to ride my bike like six miles to the nearest, uh, nearest um, tape store, record store. I bought this. I, I bought Van Halen was the first band that I just made sure I had every album of their catalog. Where it's just like I got to get all of it. 
obviously. I just need all of it. <laughs> and um, th- this song, you know, I'm drawing the album covers. I'm putting the VHs. <laughs> Dude, I mean, to this day, I'm still drawing the VHs for the fucking, for the van show. Right. Carved uh, one into the nine it's, pound it's hammer just... bathroom the other night. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. <laughs> I saw Jared teach his oldest daughter how to draw the vh it was amazing it's like it lives dude it's a um, rite of passage but 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 as i'm as, as I, I you know i'm, I'm liking hot for teacher and, and panama and all of it's speaking to me i'll wait was was this is right around the time that i started realizing now this is not a jerk off story or anything but it's an appreciation of of, of women in a sexually exploitive swimsuit calendar uh magazine um or the hot for teacher like, video wow in the hot for teacher video it's all kind of like sexually coming together like oh, or like, it's I the like downturn babies. of jamie this is, this is like like i don't i like women you know and and um and i'll wait having having like i'm listening to the lyrics you know i'm listening i'm, I'm this album i'm 13 years old or whatever i'm starting to chew on the actual lyrics yeah. and that one started speaking to me because i have longing i'm not i wasn't good with ladies or anything like that um but uh but i sure do like them and <laughs> fucking i'm listening to this thing and i'm like oh this song's about longing and here's a rock star david lee roth who who wants for nothing i'm imagining and he's writing a song about longing like well into his artistic career and I was like, you know, granted, now as an older man, I look back and I go, yeah, he's also writing about a high school teacher when he's 30, which is, you know, <laughs> uh, whatever. Wherever, you know. Well, we know who we're talking about, right? Chris, the, the, the teacher. What's that? The teacher. After yeah. going through that uh, horrendous, horrendous drama at her school, <laughs> the whole town now looking at her with different eyes, with an upturned nose, she gets kicked out, kicked out of her social circles mm-hmm. and goes into shooting explicit photos for uh, porno mags. Stroke it's mags. all there, Chris. Stroke books, Chris. Stroke, stroke <laughs> books? Some stroke books. But before we get in... You want to see a fuck book? <laughs> you want to see a Doobie brother joining Van Halen? Speaking of Doobies, did you, did you know this one, Chris? Who, Bring it. They had to send up the bat signal for this one a little bit. Was it through uh, Templeman? Yeah, I think yeah, because Ted Templeman was actually, dude. He's also like the king of yacht rock. Like he produced so much. Yeah, yeah. like it's funny, but it should make sense if you're a good producer, you can produce anything. But it's so not what you would think. But so Michael McDonald. <laughs> is a co-writer on this song. And this feels like, I feel like Lebowski, like new shit has come to light. Like I feel <laughs> this has not been common knowledge for a long time. Like I never knew this until very recently. And also it's it's off and on Holy the credits. Shit. Sometimes it's on some pressings and sometimes. Right. So. Yeah, but I think but, like it, if you go to the songwriters, the, the, the BMI, the, the Body mass index, and you find <laughs> whatever right. the uh, but the, the publishing A and M, yeah, M standing for Mangione. You, sh- <laughs> I added that out. Nobody knows how dumb I am. Did you come across this too? Because wasn't it uh, uh, wasn't Roth having trouble with the lyrics? So that's why they brought in yeah. Michael McDonald. Yeah, it was so it was like for lyrics, not necessarily melody or anything. Because it doesn't strike me as a very uh, McDonaldian melody but the lyrics when you think about it (laughs) (laughs) 
knows what that does to me. Maybe he did. Shit. I had. We'll find out. Dude, I, I am this day old when I found out that he had something to do with this song. Kind of crazy. And again, return to the fucking keyboard intro. Yep. But you get that bass line that comes in and it feels like it should be like a Rocky montage of lifting <laughs> weights and shit. Yeah. That's, that's called the stroke beat. Yeah. Rising up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fist exactly. pumping. Like, I don't know if they had ecstasy back then, but you would you would pump your fist real hard to this part. Oh, this song's about pumping your fist, Jerry. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again with the ACDC beat, though. And that super dry snare. Listen to those. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Alex, it sounds like your toms are a little tight. No, they're fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> the altitude. If it sounds good. It's yeah. It is good. It sounds good. It is good. We acknowledge Dave is singing his ass off, too, so I wonder if he did have help with the melody. Well, Not it just feels like a, a real, like, produced song, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you're on it, man. Yeah. He crafted the, the this album, so he gets it perfectly right. Like this isn't. I, this is one of my favorites out of just retrospection and, and what it meant to me as a kid listening and discovering music. It's not one of my favorite Van Halen songs. It's not like the Hot for Teacher that has all the components. It's not a Panama. It's pretty pedantic, really. But it's it's a good tune and it's got that that great keyboard. More Eddie keyboards there. Yep. It goes in the pantheon with all the other songs about girls in stroke books too. You know, like Genesis had the one. Which one? Uh, uh, everything she does, anything she does on Invisible Touch was all about a, oh. a girl in a porno mag, which okay. was probably right around this time too. Was, it was going around. I was trying to do a, a set, a list, a, a song list in my head because you got uh, Jay Giles. Yeah, of course, Centerfold. Oh yeah, that's Centerfold. Th- that's three. <laughs> Just running uphill yep. in a headband <laughs> and it's yep. snowing. God damn. Sweating. Oh, it's push-up time now. Trying to get that Ooh. nut. Got the vein is popping out of your chest. This is, this is you in your hotel room trying to work out with a chin-up bar. You're like, ah. <laughs> oh, but here comes so a guitar. Close to the truth, dude. You know, boom, big swing kind of drum chorus there and stuff. Yeah. You know, this is edging dangerously close to, like, Depeche Mode territory in a, in the best way. Yeah, sure, man. When you get a propuls- propulsive, like, deep synth groove going like that, like, Depeche Mode was good at that. Having keyboards, but still bringing the bottom in. Yeah. It's a good call. Overdrive. Overdrive. Thanks. So. Well, I hope Michael McDonald didn't write that one because I hope that was one of Dave's. 
Well, it's basically, Jared, it's a dichotomy where he's having the heartbreak knowing that he's not going to meet this person, but the overdrive of being, you know, excited about the person. I mean, it's all right there, Jared. Right. He's in, he's in an airplane over the sea in the giant aluminum penis pump in the sky. I, I don't know if that's it. I'm pretty sure. That's why he's wearing the goggles, man, in the video. Big brother. But it is. This is a very like head, you know, bobbing song, and you know, side yeah, it's got to a, side, not the front. It's got and a back. pulse. You, you know, could dance to that. Yeah, it's a boom, boom, gotcha. Boom, you could Carlton boom, gotcha. the shit it, out of that song. Serves the groove. David's not. He's not. He's not going crazy out there. He's just doing like they're. They're not mailing it in. It's just like well within all of their capabilities, and no one's going crazy. They're like, listen, if we just, you just do a couple kick flips, and we can all cash in. You know, it's that kind of fucking vibe. Just a well crafted <laughs> song, too. It's just well crafted song. It's just it's good. It's and it's in a good place. You don't want this on the first half. You want this, you know, with three three deep on the second half. Perfect spot. Perfect yeah, spot. It's almost like... like a sorbet for everything that came before and what's going to come after. Yeah, it's the connective tissue of the album. It's the it's the it's the keyboard jam yeah. for the second side of the album. Exactly. Well placed, good for the spot for it. Still a fucking good song. I would love to see him play it live. I wonder what kind of like live juice they might put on it. Ooh. I'm not sure if they played it live at the show, but we'll we'll see. All right, we won't get into that yet. What what's the next one? Is it House of Pain or Girl Gone Bad? Girl Gone Bad. Is it? Yeah. I got another clip on here. All right. I found of uh, Eddie talking to Lisa Robinson, I think. And uh, I think essentially uh, it's just him telling her about how he came up with the riff. Nice. I just enjoy playing, period. Whether it's by myself or with people or with machines or just in my own mind while I'm going to sleep, you know? How can you go to sleep if you hear these melodies in your mind? Don't you want to just get up and get them down on the tape? Um, that's why I have all this stuff here. Yeah, so, so then you wake might... up, it's, you know, uh, what you call it? Uh, girl gone bad. I woke up around five o'clock in the morning Valerie and I were in a hotel, I forget where it was. All of a sudden, I just, I had this riff in my head, you know, this thing. And I didn't want to wake her up, so I grabbed a little cassette machine and I hopped in the closet. The closet? Hopped in the closet. Closet. (laughs) Closet. That's awesome. Pete's in there going, that's Nigel. Nigel, that was a total Nigel Tuftle interview. Well, that's when I got all this stuff here. Good call. Please go to call. 11. <laughs> Gets none more black lady. No. Yeah. This one feels like an older song, but I don't think it is. I think the next one is an old jam, but yeah. this is in the spirit of like the oldies. They, this back half is is for the for the old heads. I feel like the front half grade. was for the radio and this the back end is for the, the everybody that's at those Pasadena backyard parties. I agree, man. Bar mitzvahs, quinceaneras. Speaking of those old parties, I heard another interview with Ed talking about the old days, and he was saying they're talking about how crazy it got with the cops coming, and he said he remembers leaving one time, and someone had uh, handcuffed the cop to a tree. (laughs) (laughs) And they say white privilege doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we used to handcuff cops to trees, you know. 
It's a different time. I'm, I was going to my car and I saw him just chained there to the tree with his own handcuffs. But you're right, man. He's. Ooh. That's this a, whole intro. It's a man. nasty groove. That's something like what they do on Colonel Knowledge. Did like exactly. Thunderdome. I was, yes. Thunderdome. I meant Pleasure Dome. No, it, was, <laughs> it does have that vibe. That gallop, that queen gallop they get into. Down. Oh, it's like yeah, with the sad background vocals, the minor. Indeed, <laughs> the saddest. There's a fair warning backup vocals right there. Dirty movies backup. Even that riff too, man. I mean, this song's got some stink into it. Dave's Dave's throwing that stink on there. Yeah, Axl Rose might owe some royalties. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. He'll never admit that, it. Maybe he would. I don't know, but it's it's there. And that echo, man, that's like old school. Put the echo Plant. on the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, he's sticking it to Robert Plant so hard right there. <laughs> it's nice to see your tall, cool one. <laughs> I'll see you your log. This is the bass go. This is how Mikey go. have a drinking game for the ride for the ride center a smoking game sorry Chris just yeah. meditate yourself into a, a state of see man they bring it back down with those fucking oh yeah and then we're doing soft soft symbols right there soft ride these kind of dynamics it's kind of a Zeppelin thing, I guess, but they're good at it. Van Halen's good at this shit. They're way tighter. They were just way tighter. It was there since day one. Yeah, it was just honed yeah. over the years. This like, is a this, little like this, this is a little dude, bit. Song remains the same though. Mm, shit. He breaks into that beat. Oh wow, good call. Ding, ding, wow. God, they're firing off too. You guys are killing it. Jeez, dude. You're right, though. This is the tour you got to see. Yeah. Just for moments like this. If they played this. Yeah. They're so good. They're so, and they do it on this album a lot, where they just bring it down to the just this bare, like, little... Just these hangs. They do, like, like on three, four of the songs on this album, several times in those songs, they just hang, get real... Real, just touchy feely. Yeah. Someone's playing, and then boom! Everybody punches you in the face and just runs out the door. It's a good nasty. To a tree, gets in their car, and they get the fuck out. That's right. <laughs> it's it's the it's the way it's the way I prefer Van Halen with Dave or with Sammy. I prefer because they can do it yeah. both ways. I just prefer the nasty. Dude, I love that outro. It's almost like a call and response that the brothers are doing back and forth. Yeah, so totally awkward. Totally. Wow. Whew. Well, it, hey, isn't that isn't you know, Jared? You, you kind of named it, whether you meant to or not. Isn't that the elephant in the room that 
this is the last album that we're going to hear that anybody knows up to this point, excuse me, this point that Dave's going to sing on. And nobody, this album's coming out and nobody's really aware except for the fucking band and whoever's, you know, around them that this, this formula, this is it. Right. This is the, this is the last you get. This is the last of the real crazy David Lee Roth, Van Halen, original good stuff. Doesn't mean there's not better stuff to come and really excellent stuff in the future. But this is like you didn't you didn't realize that there was there was trouble a brewing, storms a brewing, the winds are blowing, um, and the winds have blown the the winds of change have been blowing for a couple albums, and it's just getting stronger and stronger. And soon enough, it's undeniable. And after this tour, they're like, "Fuck everybody, fuck you, no fuck you." There's fuck a lot you, of machinations going on behind you. the scenes. You're cool. There's a lot of cutting people out. <laughs> There's a lot of picking sides. Yeah. Mikey gets, this is where Mikey gets the raw deal. Mikey gets, rest in peace, Michael Anthony, because I know he, he hasn't died yet, but he got fucking slaughtered on the deal for, in the middle of the goddamn tour. And it's because two brothers liked themselves, and it's because David liked himself, and Mikey didn't have a place to land. And so the, everybody was just like, well, I'm worried about us. So, you know, sorry, you got caught in the middle, Mike. And he got dick. Yeah. And this is the album. Fucking Noel, their manager, he did a great thing for this album and for this tour, and he got them the money. And as soon as Van Halen got the money that they earned, they all decided to fuck Mikey. And that's why I got a problem with everybody in the band. Right? Because that's some, that's some fucking bullshit. And welcome you know, to we, Van Halen Ranch. Obviously, Rance. we're big Eddie fans, but Eddie didn't say like, hey, we, you know, we got to hook up Mikey. He was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> pretty much yeah Noel's you know, book gonna... if you read Noel Monk's book Running with the Devil I can't uh, it's that. a long title it's, it's, it's a song like, title um, yeah. yeah it does not paint that this whole this whole era and Mike Jesus man they just they and it's because Mikey's man. a nice guy that's yeah, the fucked that's up what part it's because nice Mikey guys. was nice <sighs> He didn't lawyer up and say, fucking give me my part. Do you hear what I'm doing on these albums? You know, and then and then he gets undercut with people saying like, well, the bass isn't that complicated. If if he was just the background singer, he earned his fucking money. But he he, he got he got cut. He got cut on the writing royalties. Right. He doesn't get anything in perpetuity. He they, he basically became a session player in, in a band that he was at in the beginning. It's fucked up, and it really doesn't sit well with me, obviously. And this is when it's happening. <laughs> I think we're gonna get into this. Yeah. It's but you know what? It it speaks to that dude how solid a dude that guy is because he never talks shit about it. No. I mean, you He's know a, what I'm saying? Like yep. for like. <laughs> He took one for everyone. No, right. <laughs> he died. Like he, Michael know? Anthony died for everyone's sins, man. <laughs> he's he's like Professor Snape. <laughs> he was like he was a good guy the whole time. He was actually doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> he's just they, he he just let them beat on him. Yeah, it's bullshit, man. You find one. You remember the clip we played when it was like all the guys that were on tour with Van Halen for these previous albums, and they're like, yeah. You know, Dave was kind of grumpy. Ed, he was he's kind of grumpy guy. Like Alex was a real piece of shit. Fucking uh, Mike Anthony, 
fucking sweet guy. At like every like three bands in yeah, a row. Like, real Mike class Lampin? act. Real nice oh, guy. <laughs> what a guy. What a yeah. prince. You you, you want to know something? Hmm. Mikey Mikey can throw guacamole, but Mikey <laughs> didn't throw the guacamole. He didn't he didn't hit Mikey satin no, jacket. Mikey's I don't no know. rat. <laughs> That's right. He wouldn't You're tell Mikey. who it was. <laughs> No way. You can count on any motherfucker in there who's going to help you bury a body, and Sammy knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes, he did. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Good call. We <laughs> <laughs> haven't even gotten through this album. Yeah. You could it... probably call Michael Anthony up right now, and him not, and I mean you, like Augie, if you called Michael Anthony up right now and said, hey, listen, you don't know me. I'm a big fan of your band um, and your music, and uh, I, I just ran somebody over, and I got to bury him. Would you help? He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll be right over. And the mul- in his and Model the, T. And his <laughs> mullet would say, hold on, let me get Mike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Residence. Fucking good. <laughs> Uh, Master Michael. <laughs> his mullet. He's like Alfred to his Batman. His mullet is Holy it's it's reached oh my uh, it's God. attained uh self awareness. Holy shit. You just you just made an animation short right there, bro. That's right. You have no idea. Michael and his mullet. Does that bring us to House of Pain? This is one of the oldest Van Halen songs in existence. Is this off the demo sessions? This is off the uh, the the Gene Simmons demo sessions where they would cut in in the breaks. They'd cut in the, oh, the car God. horn noises from Running with the Devil. We should have pulled that one. <laughs> no, you're right. That's it. Sounds <laughs> badass. I just did. I just put it in and post. I said. Wasn't that wasn't that cool? How that just sounded. That, that was that was, that was some good magic. That was then. But this is this was almost ten years later. This is so fierce. Definite fair warning material. Right yes. There. Full on. I can think of a handful of songs that just straight ripped this song off. At least one of them was written by me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally Yeah, I mean, how did this, I mean, we knew it was around during Fair Warning. How is this not on Fair Warning? Maybe they already had enough fair like this. Is just, yeah, it's already there. It's just solid, It's like, man. yeah, we got plenty that's, of that's these. Being, right, we can do this. We got plenty of this. Van Halen, and honestly, mostly Eddie's compositions just illustrate that sometimes the space between the notes is what's making the thing fucking precious. And he can fill up space, obviously, but he knows knows where to sit back. He knows where to let it breathe. 
This whole solo is insane, man. It sounds like he's falling down the stairs. There's just so many dynamics to it. I fucking love it. <laughs> okay, I'm not done yet. This one's for my Dutch homies. Go. <laughs> Oh, and there's the riff. What? Is that a cowbell I hear? Yeah, oh, drink shit. up, buttercup. <laughs> That's a very Robert Plant thing to do right there, too. <laughs> He's one hobbit away from plagiarism. <laughs> Dude, that just crushed me. Yeah, man, have you seen them play that at the whiskey in like '77? Right, the, the mean, raw, older version. Holy shit! Yeah, right. Do you think they had? The, <laughs> think they had like a the car horns on on tap on a tape machine back there? So, um, yeah, no, that yeah, that's such a good album, man. Um, I was digging around and I found these. So those are all the songs we know that got out into the wild on the right yeah it might have been some strays though well i i came across this thing uh excuse me <clears throat> marble mouth i came across this article kind of deal where um this is like i had to go to the dark web to find this stuff. oh shit I had to get a tour account oh, um, no but it was all these van halen nerds talking about songs that didn't make it on the album um so uh what does this say I have press clippings from, I'm just reading from this random bulletin board thing, but this guy goes, uh, came across cr press clippings from late 83 in a box where other song titles were mentioned. Um, some we've heard of each or I've never heard of any of these. Um, one of them is called eat your neighbor, <laughs> blow the man down. These all sound like oral sex to me. And in parentheses, parentheses, <laughs> the old traditional seat. Yes. Blow the man down. This, the sea shanty. Another one, anytime, any place. Right um, on. <laughs> oh, th but this is the one that uh, caught my interest, and then he goes, uh, as detailed on the Ted, uh, some Ted Templeton letter, I guess, and of course, in the midnight hour, uh, was also mentioned in various rumors about what would be on the upcoming 1984 album. So it sounds like the they midnight had, hour, like the old. Uh, uh, in the midnight. I'm gonna wait to that, that one. Maybe yeah. maybe Roth was like, I, that was him trying to get his in. Oh, there. get his ultimate Jolson in. God damn! Good thing they stopped. Yeah, they stopped him before he got. That's that's awesome. That's like that. Uh, Tom, not Tom. Is that Tom Cruise movie where they like Valkyrie? Where they stopped. <laughs> what are you talking about? Go on. <laughs> nothing. Go on. Uh, it's nothing. I was about to make. You know, there's no need to bring Nazis into this. Really, there's no point. It's not going to serve anybody. Nine. <laughs> um, I feel like there was some follow-up shit to this album, though. Oh man, I mean the tour all, for this, this record you... had to just been. What was this one called? Was this the um? The last one was the Hide Your Sheep or Hide Your Sheep tour? Well, the, the name of this tour? Let me check here. But I mean, while I'm while I'm checking some shit out, um, what, what do you think their 
their seventh album would have been had David not left. You think some of these things were going to show up on there? Um, you think, uh, you know, like some of these songs that you're talking about right there, they would show up on, because this is the sixth album. 84 is the sixth album. Okay. Um, well, I got it. You know. No, I, was, I, I think about that too, because there's two tra- uh, trajectories of where Dave Lee Roth goes with like, Eat Him and Smile was his next one, and then you had 5150. I mean, so, no, like... I think it. I think it, they would just get. There'd be more fights, man. <laughs> I, I, it was only going to get yeah. worse. Because he, because he, Eddie has he has home base now. Like he's mm-hmm. he, he has a big say in and how stuff gets made. I don't know. That's it. I, what they, do you think, Chris? I, I, no, I, th- I think that's a good. I think that's a good take on because um because they're they're making they're they're making their own fortresses there there's lines being drawn and uh you know so, so I, I guess it doesn't it, you know it's a flawed question to say well if they were getting along and they were going to keep making music together what would it sound like it yeah, sound like this shit but also like this shit uh um, would it sound you know, this so, good if they were getting along though because you know I don't know if they ever really got along with well, Dave that well, is, and it's just, they finally had, a decade I, was long enough. Because Eat Him and Smile has some good. I mean, it, a, they, it has a VH. Eat Him and Smile's got some tracks. It's a continuation. It, it's not a big departure, I would say. I think. I think when you study Van Halen, like we are, um, you you have a unique dynamic looking into into the intricacies of bands getting it successful and these guys are like the epitome of hard working they they get their success then they have some differences which is going to happen they don't eventually overcome it and they eventually split and then what comes out afterwards is kind of where they like like where those two forks want to split eat them and smile has a lot more of David Lee, obviously David Lee Roth on there, but um, you know his his input onto the mu- onto music, <laughs> frontman kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it, they're kind of like a like a beta test almost of like, all right, let's take these four talented guys, let's churn them up, and and uh, start out with all of them being just really good instead of like their drummer sucks and we're going to replace him later on. It's like, nah, let's fuck that. They're all really good. Let's walk them through the fucking, the ringer and see what happens. You know, it's, it's like a, it's like a weather map, you know, it's like weather forecasting or something. <laughs> well, he put um, a bad band together, man. We had Billy Sheehan. What were we talking? Do you remember? I cannot remember off the, the top of my up? dome right now. Billy Sheehan's old band that had opened up for Van Halen a couple tours previous to this. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, Billy Sheehan would open for Van Halen in that in his one of his really early bands. Yeah. And now it's him with Steve Vai. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember who was playing the drums. Chris, Chris Bissonette. Is it what? Is it Chris Bissonette? I, I, Chris Bissonette. I, I think you're right. I think Augie. I think you just called it. Wow. And that would that Fuck. be the band all the yeah. way? like skyscraper. Yep. Uh, what was the other uh, crazy from the heat? Oh, eat them and smile. That eat I think the three. The, those are kind of like one. you know. And we'll get into this because we're no, we're not we're not taking this album by album per se, but year by year. And they just happen to put out an album a year up to this point. But goddamn, we're gonna have a lot to say next week about crazy from the heat um or going to voa yeah maybe we gotta start we gotta start clocking uh, this sammy guy start connecting the dots you know 
Well, exactly. I think we yeah. we may have to we may have to do like we did at the first episode of this series, where um, you know we would just kind of set the stage. We may have to do a little bit of a bridge episode and set the stage with where Dave's going, because uh, you got to give obviously respect the Edom and smile and then skyscraper and we can cover that in you know probably about eight minutes we'll and then we can fucking you know see where these guys are going and 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 who's coming in what sammy's doing at the time it's like the kind of the changing of the guard maybe we do a little fucking who where are they now and how does this next um next uh, combination form you know no, totally there's, a lot, there's a lot we're we're on the we're on the crux right here I, this you know if i would call diver down the fulcrum of the breakup, you know, on the teeter, the seesaw. That that that's the diver something down broke is, there. Is, yeah, something broke there. Exactly. Some decisions were made there, <laughs> and then with with eighty four, they, they obviously they had to make the album. The album sounds great. Eddie got a studio. Let's not fuck this up right now. Let's spend some time. We're gonna air it out instead of doing three weeks for an album. We'll do like a year. Come in. We don't even have to be there at the same time. Obviously, right. Eddie's always gonna be there twenty four seven. That's just the way it's going to go with his own studio, um, and then uh, and and that's it's kind of like the saying goodbye. It's like the last hurrah. And every every account that I read is nobody wanted to admit it, but everybody knew it, hmm, and so sure. they kind of act surprised that it's happening, almost as like a um, a cloak to shield themselves from the rain. You know, like oh wow, I, you know I didn't see it was going to go down like this. They all knew it was going to go down like this, except for Mikey and his mullet, who were like, "I just like to rock. I just I just like singing and playing bass." Well, they, there's definite yeah uh, factors that come up leading up to all that stuff. But to back up just a bit, what's also interesting about what we're talking about between this one and and then the their next formation, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's a lot of side projects going on. Like there's a lot of, uh, and maybe there's, there's a lot of stuff. I, I also wanted it for that episode, just like a lot of stuff that we didn't talk about that I think that would be cool to bring up. But, um, exactly on the topic of side projects when right before this came out, this is when Eddie went and, uh, collabed with, uh, Michael Jackson. Oh shit. um, Yeah. We didn't even um, talk about beat it. Right. Yeah. Just a little bit. So when I, uh, I, I that did right. I didn't know this because, um, so you, I mean, I think we talked about this before. Maybe just the whole how uh, he got on that album. Quincy called him. Yeah, because um, Michael's like, I'm gonna get Eddie Van Halen on my record. So Quincy had to call him up. Q, Q called him, and um, and there was a funny story. I mean, yeah, he didn't believe it was him calling him and kept hanging <laughs> the up on old him. Yeah. But um. And well, the story. I can't ha- wait till that happens to me, and I have a feeling that that's never gonna happen. <laughs> it's on your list, though. But he went in there and changed some stuff a little is, bit, and went totally in and out, and yeah, and, he rearranged uh, it. And that's what kind of cojones. You got to be a musical genius to just walk in on a Michael Jackson section and say, "No, no, no I'm not soloing over that part." 
Well, but if your buddy Steve Lukather is the the musical director, I guess you could get some leeway. Exactly. I was. Ex- that's exactly what I was getting at. Um, it, you can dig around online and find some cool interviews with uh, Steve Lukather Lur- talking about that those sessions. Yeah. Because I always forget that he was the the session guy on there. Yeah. And, Toto um, is like the backing band on on a lot of Thriller. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the that keyboardist wrote uh, "Human Nature," like that's a Toto song that they gave to Michael Jackson. That's awesome. My, fuck me, man. I, I found this uh, Luca Thur interview where he said, uh, and and I think, so this is going to, something I left out of this, we can get talk about this on the next one too, just side project stuff they did with uh, Luca Thur. But um, part of this interview, he also talked about um, just how, how Eddie would just get in there and just tear shit up and just like, we try this and do that. And yeah. how about doing that? And you're just trying to keep up with him. Like, where's this leading? And then it's like, oh yeah, that sounds fucking cool. But on the on that thriller session, he said Lukather says um, he was already working on Michael Jackson's thr- uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller album when Van Halen was invited to record uh, record the solo, and he recalled how Eddie came in, um, caused some problems for producer Quincy Jones as the track came together via analog production means because they're all doing this on tape, <laughs> right? So he goes, tape. dude, exactly. He says. They did a version of Beat It, and they sent it to Eddie to do the solo, uh, Lukather said. But he kept the tape. Eddie kept the tape because he wanted to play over a different section. So Quincy <laughs> called me and said, I need you guys to fix this record for me because Eddie cut the tape. <laughs> and he goes, Eddie didn't give a fuck. It's like, we're in my stu- we're in my studio. We do things my way. They sent. He said, yeah, I'll do it. If you He did. He cut it in his studio. Yeah. Like he didn't go there. I got the impression. That like he another- didn't cut the master's. I think or did I, he? I think he did. That's why That's it was. If you find bitch. that interview with uh, Lukather, he <laughs> yeah. he breaks it down like what you were talking about. Like, the, is it a Sunset Sound interview? Because he's done a couple of those too. No, this is just like a older one of him just talking about his session days and yeah. working on that album. And um, it's yeah, it's it's hilarious because yeah, you get an insight into how it is collab collaborating with that dude. He takes himself seriously, but he doesn't take everything just like super precious. And, and I, I put that and it can never be adjusted again. He's yeah. fine with tearing the drawing up and making a new drawing out of it. I love no, that. No, exactly. And it's it's brave like it's, and, it's, and it's, it's fucking special as an artist. No, it's totally unconventional. That's what I love about it. And just approaching shit from like, yeah, do it. This, try this other way, man. Um, but you were saying the studio yeah. um, w- when they did all the other albums before that were at um, Sunset S- Sunset Sound. Yeah, I keep getting yeah. those studios mixed up because the one that I I always thought it was the Dave Grohl the one when Dave Grohl had does that documentary about the yeah that's not Sunset Sound Sound, Sound Studio, studio Sound City Sound Studio is the name of that one and then the Sunset Sound, Sound is the is Silence. the VH. <laughs> Uh, recordings huh. sound system but, the one that um, had the magic board was the other one the magic neve yeah, yeah. the fleetwood mac board and all that but anyways um yeah man there's another yeah the next uh episode when we get together there's another um collab with him and uh lukather that I, um, i'd love to break down oh, yeah awesome. and it actually that, tied, that's gonna be a fun one he and actually a, plays the keyboard solo on Africa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jamie is Rosanna. Yeah, oh, oh, shit. She started two time and with Lukather. 
damn it. Actually, we all know who Rosanna is. But then there's... <laughs> that's no secret. <laughs> Which had to, Jamie had to change her name? <laughs> no, but that song is for Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, the next one will be the connective tissue to uh, oh, the gross. 5150. That's disgusting. I like where we're going. <laughs> I like where we're going with this. Um, fuck, man. Speaking of going somewhere, if you were in 19, if it was 1984, say May, just say May 21st, two days before Chris Feifel turns 10, 1984, and you wanted to go see in San Diego, you wanted to go see Van Halen. What, what, what song? What bad at. Oh, the opener song. Do you What's think the they would open up opener? with that? Isn't on this album. I'll give you this. Okay. It's not on this all album. Right. It's one of their best songs that we all fucking love. Oh shit, man! Uh, Unchained is the answer. Oh Jesus! They I didn't <laughs> they know if they dare open with a fair warning track. Wow! This is this is why this tour is right. killer. You're right as because hell. they because. Now th- those fair warning tracks are now worked in. They're they're baseball mitts. They're worked <laughs> in. They're re- they're just ready to go. And they decide, okay, let's just open up with Unchained. And then obviously people, the whole place goes nuts. It, ha- it has to. And then yes. you slip in one of your new ones. You throw in Hot for Teacher. So uh, we're going Unchained whew. into Hot for Teacher. Don't There's hurt your ticket guys. price right there. Yeah. You can you can go home right now. You you can leave there, chain a cop to a tree, and just go home, <laughs> and you're fucking fine. <laughs> I'm never gonna let that go because that is insane. Um, <laughs> what, what 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 do you think? What who do you think solos after the first two songs? Oh, you know it's Alex because he's got to warm up. <laughs> you got you got drummers got to warm up. Yeah. So drum solo for track number three. That's you know that's probably a good five ten minutes. You that's know, just, a good just enough to get the chops going. That's been every tour People up to this doobies. point, right? So it's, far, it's every tour one. he's the first solo. Nobody puts Alex at the end for the no. solo. You got and and it's it's pure math. You gotta the drummer's got to warm up and, and it's got to be before he shit faced. They just had, you know. <laughs> Get that fucking lady juice off your hands because you're starting to sweat now and you're just fooling around in the backstage. On Fire comes at number four. Oh. Running with the Devil follows that. Shit. That's, we're pretty, there's there's some pretty heavy rock and roll that just went on there. So we're going to chill it out with little guitars. What? (laughs) Then we go to, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're chilling it (laughs) out a little bit. They're like, hey, who needs to pee real quick? I know we just exactly. belted you for five it's, songs it, of the. Wow. Yeah, and then we go to Cathedral. Oh shit! So, where's we, that we're, going? We're going on. They know where the crowd's got to pee. They know how they're. They're <laughs> like, listen, fifteen minutes into the show, you need to have the drum solo. Alex has got to warm up because otherwise, that's you get when everyone has to smoke like weed. That. They're gonna <laughs> gonna be rolling exactly. it right there. Takes yeah, five minutes to dig it out of your girlfriend's bra. That's exactly right. Get ready to throw shit at the stage and stuff. Find your positioning in the crowd and then hit them with House of Pain. Boom. Wait a minute. What was the song previous to this? Was Cathedral Cathedral just led into House of Pain? Cathedral led into House of Pain. Fucking savages. What are they doing? Savages. House of Pain leads into bass solo. We're good with that. With this new Good with Jack Daniels bass. bass. Exactly. And this is this is kind of this is what this is again what fucking rubs me wrong is 
Michael's coming into his fucking own. He's got this identity. Yeah. They finally get like he's got the Jack. We all know the Jack Daniels bass coming off of the Jack Daniels saxophone he played in high school, <laughs> and he's just finally he's just he's getting his. Except yeah. for right as he's getting his, they're like, "You're not getting dick," and it's bullshit. Um, also, uh, after that, we, we I was gonna make a poor joke, but um, about getting dick. But guess what song is coming after that? Uh... You tell me. Jamie's crying. Oh, Jamie. And then to keep up with it, with the theme, I'll wait. Then we go to, oh, do you think it would be, do you think? What, what, the, what completes the Jamie trilogy? <laughs> if it's exactly. dirty movies right now, I'm going to just throw my headphones off and leave <laughs> the studio. It's not dirty, dirty movies. It's Thank something God. that we've never seen before and never heard before in, in a Van Halen set. But it's a solo. Color. What instrument do you think solos at number 12 on this set list? <laughs> the keyboard solo. You got it. Get the fuck Keyboard out. solo. <laughs> keyboard <laughs> solo. Wow. That is. And I don't know. I mean, there was no keyboard solo on the Live Without a Net video on the 5150 no. tour no. or any tour. I don't remember ever seeing him do a, a keyboard solo. That you're, This is the tour to see. Look at this. You're never going to see another Eddie yeah. Van Halen keyboard solo after this. You're not getting that. And and you want to know something? Everybody wants some. And everybody <laughs> wants some comes after the keyboard solo. Of course. Then we go to uh, Girl Gone Bad. We go to oh 1984. God. Is that is that a song? Is that's that's the song? little the keyboard uh, C-3PO uh, <laughs> Radiohead song, you know? The Orwellian okay. opening. Okay. Yes. Right, right. Beginning um, is well, a delicate you know, you time. know what that exactly. You know what that leads into. Of course, that leads into jump. Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of keyboard. This is the keyboard section for a little <laughs> bit, and so Eddie clears the room with a sorbet of guitar solo. This is <laughs> number seventeen guitar solo, and let me tell you something. There was an argument uh, that Eddie and Dave would uh, have often where uh, Dave would get pissed because Eddie, around this time, his guitar solos, your guitar solos are getting too long, man. And Eddie <laughs> would say, your raps are getting too long. They're, they're bickering. There's there's a lot of like, I want space, I want space. Give me this, Give me, we're going this direction, I want this direction. Yeah. Your, guitar, your solos are too long, your fucking talking's too long. Michael's saying like, hey, could I just get paid? I, there's a, <laughs> I see there's a lot of money floating around. Let me get something here. And Alex is just saying, I just play the drums. I just like to warm up, I play the drums, and then I go home. And so <laughs> guitar solo comes. Then we go into fucking Pretty Woman. Eh, oh, all right, that's yeah. fun. Uh, we we set them, nothing wrong with that. No. Set them up with Pretty Woman into Panama. The two encores go, you really got me and ain't talking about love. Oh, they get the fuck out of there, cast their checks. Now, let me <laughs> tell you something about the shirts. This another reason why this is the tour to go see. Most of their shirts were the baseball three quarter sleeve raglan oh, yeah. cut. They, they, I mean, they're just. This is the heyday of the raglan cut shirt. <laughs> you put a painter's cap and with there's that. There's a lot of designs with the flaps <laughs> in the back. Yeah, with I the Sahara desert flaps on your painter's cap. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Desert flap on your painter cap. <laughs> yeah, like you couldn't grow a mullet, but here it was like a kind of like a representational mullet. 
<laughs> you know? We're gonna let you hide the fact that you can't grow a mullet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your mom won't let you have one, but you got this hat. Ha ha, bitch. <laughs> Go so, to the I mean, Van Halen show, shirt, bro. Apparently, these guys these guys tour from uh, January 18th till September 2nd. It's basically an eight month eight month tour. They yeah. do four legs in America. And then they go to the Monsters of Rock tour where they meet up with their fucking influences, ACDC, and just blow the doors off of the stage. That, that Monsters of Rock tour must have been amazing because they go over to Europe, kill the Monsters of Rock tour, and somewhere in these tours, Dave decides he needs to do a sword routine on stage. <laughs> this is on the 84 tour? Are you kidding Monsters me? Of rock this tour, is the yeah. tour to stage. Yeah. This is the 84 tour. swords. Yeah, there you go. All of that for the price of like 23 bucks. <laughs> we got a preview of that in the Panama video. For those True. Work, in like reverse work, uh, even. Tenant. See? <laughs> some tenant shit going it's on. It's an inverse pincer maneuver or whatever. <laughs> Reach down between my no. legs. Dude, it's all there, bro. 1984. It's all there, and and now we talked about like them getting, you know, uh, them getting paid. They didn't get paid so much for the tour because what we touched on earlier, this tour was so huge, it had eighteen Mack trucks driving around. <laughs> with most tours had like five hundred lights, this one had two thousand light, like two thousand <laughs> lights that they're putting up. This thing was a monster tour. So they didn't, they didn't get the, they got, they made the money off the shirts. They didn't make the money <laughs> off the tickets. Um, and, uh, and, and it was and basically no. on paper and in the bank, Van Halen was crushing it, but behind the scenes, they were fucking falling apart and eventually they had to split. This is why the 1984 is the tour, man. It's got all the energy. It's got all the talent and it's got just that crux of, of, uh, of, you know, of this thing is so dynamic. It has to end. It has yeah. to fall apart. And sure, sure enough, there's the split. And I don't mean fall apart in in that you know it, it got terrible. It's just that it had to change. It, it, this was this is the most you could do. Van Halen in 1984 with this album, with every moment behind it, every momentum, they couldn't go anywhere else. They couldn't have another album after this. They Eddie's got his studio. Dave wants to go in his direction. Alex is back in his brother and, and Michael's getting fucked. It's just like, boom, <laughs> this is this is the most you could do as a band. Yeah. You know, and, and being this good. You know, otherwise you're gonna make some shit album after this and nobody's gonna care about it. So, so it was good that it shattered. Well that's rare. Sober Fife is a trip, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Just dropping jewels like Galileo dropped an orange. Come on, man. Yeah. Amen. Now, the amount of bands that can do, like, at the very least, six solid albums, like, that's, it's a short list. Yeah. 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 I mean, they did their work. They did, this, they did they did their work. They did their work with the first three albums. The fourth sure. one comes, and it's, like, our favorite. And then, and they just, and they just, you know, fifth, not so much, six, fucking, a crusher again with a little bit of different, a different attitude to it, man. Unbelievable. So that's that's what that tour was like. That's what was going on in 1984. Uh, I still am not seeing the Orwellian tie-in, but you know what? There's a lot to this band that I don't see. I mean, the whole Jamie conspiracy, the whole Jamie theories. Augie, you 
you, you and your crack team just really brought us up to speed on that, man. I don't know. Where, you, where, where do you guys sit with this? It's something to be aware of. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's all there. I think it kind of connects the dots for itself. Yeah, um, man. It's like QAnon, bro. Do your own research, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, don't know, I, don't know how, I don't know how that weaves into the Sammy years, but it definitely comes back with a different kind of truth. But that's a yes. story for another. When uh, she gets a new tattoo, boy. Exactly. I, I, I'm looking forward to this next episode where we get to get in. You, you called it, Augie, the connective tissue. How, how this is how now then this falls apart the next you know formation comes together um there's really a lot of moving parts going on here um you know a lot of hey there are a lot of ins and outs new things have come to light man <laughs> that's right hello <laughs> uh, yes good place to do it chris God, you're you're almost halfway, and plus you're in the future. It's already tomorrow. Actually, it's it might be tomorrow here, so it could be later this afternoon for us. Who knows? Can you it's tell Can you tell me who the masked dancer is so I can place a bet? Yeah, it's slippery, man. It's slippery, <laughs> but I, I will. But it's going to have to be on something that they play over here. It can't, it can't be like on football or baseball or anything. Like that. It's got to be like on some weird, like I, I fucking I don't know. I, I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I might get Kane, dude. I, I know. Not we don't want you to get time Kane. travel. I'm going to get Kane. You watch your back you in Madripoor. Let me. Hey, what's the over under on how many canings you could take? You, you think you go me? five canes? You think you get you, like you one? Five canes without crying? one. My God, dude! I, yeah, I hit a there, zip man. with my back scratcher the other day on accident. Oh, I would have told you where all the the family money was hidden. Shit! <laughs> Tears come into your eyes. You can't even stop it. That's the worst. Oh my God. I'd rather get waterboarded. Oh, right, right. I'm giving everything up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know, guys. What do you say? You want to you want to wrap this episode up? <laughs> give, a big, give a big thanks to Pete for fucking crushing it. Behind yeah, me. hell yeah, Peter. Peter. Nice one. The little the little dreamer himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was Peter, the little dreamer. Chris, God, I'm glad we figured this out. I, I'm looking. For- yeah, I'm glad we figured out the sound. I'm looking forward to being in the studio with you guys again. It's going to be, you know, on the internet, it's going to be like no time at all. But for for us in real time, uh, it's going to be about another month and a week or so. It's, it's good, maybe maybe a month and a half or so. It's going to be be a bit, but. Dude, thanks for doing the technical stuff to, to keep me included in this fucking journey. <laughs> and uh, you know, you know what I'm thinking here. I, I'm just gonna throw this out here. I'm having so much fun talking with you guys about Van Halen that ultimately this is gonna have to end. And we're gonna the elephant in the room is: Are we three gonna have to end, or are we gonna end up finding another band we all really <laughs> fucking idolize and have to go through another category? I'm not saying we decide it right now, but we can talk about it on you know at, at a later date. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to really. You're just gonna have to bring that up with my management. But you know, it's pretty cool. Sounds good to me. I just have your people. Sure, fucking I mean, Noel. Hey, am I the Michael in this? <laughs> am I the fucking Michael? You pieces of shit. They ever do the thing where they where you break up the band and then you reform all except one guy. 
You, you ever see that one go down? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm the Kate, I'm the Kate Schnackenberg of the Beastie Boys. Yeah, like I don't get a jumpsuit. Like this podcast has an end, Chris. Hey, dude, you need to listen to me and Augie's uh, Fugazi podcast. We're starting next month. It's pretty good, man. I'd love your input. You know. Hey, man. You know what? We're huge in Sweden right now, and nobody gets that way from us. Yeah, shout out Sweden, right? Sweden, Jesus. I hope All you're right. out there, Sweden. What do you say? We say. From Sacred G, El Pagano, and the Thick White Duke. Happy trails.